mine's on. Is mine's is mine on? <laughs> yes, yours is on. Okay, I couldn't hear. Hey everybody, welcome to another week of First Date Snobberies Wrestling Spectacular. I'm John. Oh, and I'm Heather. We're introducing ourselves. This I time. guess. Who cares? Cool. Nobody I gives a shit about us. Somebody cares. Nobody cares. I think somebody does care. I disagree. And they care that we introduce ourselves. No, that is not. A, that, that is a non-factor. Consistently. Con. We're gonna we're we're gonna take a poll on that. Poll. Can we get Scott how Hall? Was, hey, how, can we get Scott Hall to do? How was your wrestling week? How was your week we in wrestling? Can we get Scott Hall to take the survey? You you get in contact with him and see what he what he replies. You don't remember when Scott Hall used to do the survey. I do. That's oh why you just totally gosh. bypassed that whole thing. I'm just trying to totally bypass you right now. <sighs> my wrestling week was sad and disappointing. Chocked full of wrestling, though, and wrestling-related stuff. <sighs> We're going there? No, I'm just saying it was. We're not going anywhere. How was your wrestling week? Um, I guess my wrestling week was about the same as usual. Oh, well, I guess it was it had a little bit of extra wrestling because I went to a local wrestling show. Oh, yeah? With my kids, so. Local indie fed? Little extra wrestling. That steals storylines from Lucha Underground? It didn't completely steal the storyline. They just used Sounds some ideas. Like they, oh, they certainly did use them. Well, first off, you weren't even there, so. No, you, but you explained it to me. I'm just, you're just going off and what you I said. Hey, said. you know how Lucha Underground has medallions? Well, RCP has these little miracles. Well, they, it's not really even the same thing. That are medallions. They, I never said they were medallions. I don't know if they were medallions or not. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't see the whole time. Are you ready to start with this week in Raw? I sure am. I also watched SmackDown, but I'll tell you the truth. SmackDown did nothing to embellish Raw at all. That's the only reason why I watched SmackDown was thinking that maybe it would add a little bit of extra flavor to Mm -hmm. Raw, but it really did nothing. And you know what? That's why I don't watch it, because I know that's not... I know without watching it that it's not going to embellish anything. Well, for right now, it's not going to embellish anything because the contract on sci-fi is getting ready to run out. And they're going to move SmackDown over to USA, and that will be when to watch it, when it moves over to USA. Because now USA is going to have not three, but five hours of WWE programming. Oh, man. Lucky, lucky USA. So, that at least the first month or so will be when you want to watch SmackDown when it moves over. Because they're going to actually try and make it into something. Because USA is going to tell them you Are have you going to start making count. me watch SmackDown? I don't know who's going to watch SmackDown. <laughs> Can we flip a coin at least to make it more fair? Well, when that, when that move happens, Lucha Underground shouldn't be around, at least temporarily, if not permanently, which will make maybe me on hi- sad. Maybe on hiatus. We'll see. Uh, and TNA should not exist at that point. These are all So that opens that opens up at least three hours of programming. Okay. We'll just have to see what the future of wrestling holds for us. So let's start off. With the shittiest title, or the title Do that, I have to guess? that counts the least. Yeah, you guess every week. This is episode number five. I'm gonna say I'm gonna start out with tag team belt. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with the tag team. I'm belt. gonna start with the IC belt because Ryback was not there. So who gives a shit about the Intercontinental Champion when he's not there? Why do you ask 
me to start out with the shitty's belt if it's just going to be something that I'm not going to pick. Well, who are the top contenders to Ryback? Okay. Uh, if any. I don't know now. Uh, Big Show and Miz got some ish going on there. Well, Miz Show, Miz Show. Miz Show, because it's the Miz Show. Big Show and Miz were the top contenders, but I think Big Show kind of squashed that this it's week. It's a big show. Because Miz interrupted Triple H during the middle of a segment, and Triple H booked him against Big Show. Big Show killed Miz and said that he's going to kill the guys on Tough Enough, too. Yeah. He said, you just want to, you just, he said, you just wait and see, because this week I'm going to be on Tough Enough. I found and I can kill you there too. I found it funny that he referred them to he referred And you just wait until we get to Tough Enough. He referred to the guys on Tough Enough as male wannabe superstars. Because he said if you want to be a wrestler. Because saying just you gotta referring get them with referring my fist. They can't be referred chop, to chop, as, chop, 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 chop. They can't be referred to as wrestlers. And they can't just be referred to as men. So he had to call them They're divans. male They're divans. wannabe <laughs> Just add an end to diva. Put an end to diva. All right, so what's the next championship, as if it matters? Can we do tag team belts this time? We are doing tag team Aww. belts this time. Okay. Who are the champions? Still the primetime players. Still the primetime players. Who are the number one contenders? Uh, The New Day? The New Day are still the contenders. But who did prime? Who did primetime <laughs> players <laughs> go against this week? Uh, Los Matadores? Correct. <laughs> I'm done. You sure? Yeah. You're waiting for me. (laughs) The last I recall, Los Matadores were supposed to be turning heel. Because they were starting to treat the little bull like shit. Aw, they weren't nice to him? And that has suddenly disappeared. And they're still whatever they are. My son said, is that Hornswoggle in there? I said, I don't think so, honey. No, it's a different type of dwarf. But you know what? You know, he was trying to make reference there. So they had a trademarked WWE tag team match, which is like every other WWE tag team match that you've ever seen. Oh, uh, yeah. Are you going to explain what hap- what the power of positivity did to that match? Well, the primetime players got out there and distracted, or, oh my God, the New Day came out there and distracted primetime players. Xavier Woods. And Los Matadores won the match. Da-da-da-da. Which I believe, in logic, would dictate that next week Los Matadores would go against primetime players again for the tag team titles since they now have a win over the champions. Well, you know what? Maybe that'll happen. I Maybe it won't. bet it won't. <laughs> I bet it won't. And it's almost like we were talking about the coin flip earlier. You just, it's, you're flipping a coin when you try to guess sometimes what Vince is going to do. Sometimes you're dead on because he's predictable in most ways. Well, it's because with Vince, if it's a big dude, then he will, uh, if it's a big dude, he only cares about the big dudes. Small dudes, fuck them. That's Vince's basic He does not support the smaller built wrestlers. All right, so what's the next belt? This is actually going to be a shorter segment than I thought. Well, that's all right, because we got plenty more to talk about. Plenty more to talk about later. Um... I am going to say Divas. And who is the Divas champion? Um, I'm not actually. Tits McGee. Is it still Nikki? It is still Nikki Bella. Okay. Now, here's the trick question. All right. And I'm going to get into this later on. 
after we discuss exactly what happened on Raw, I'm going to run down my theory. Who's the number one contender? I think it's Charlotte. Silence. But what did Charlotte do to win, to get to that point? Has she done anything different than what Paige has done? Um, I'm basing that off of what happened on uh, Battleground. And I don't know. Charlotte got the win on Brie, not on Nikki. So that would not elevate her at all in terms of Nikki's status as champion. Who is who is the diva that is being directly put against Nikki? And this is going to be hard because the answer what? is... I got the answer right because I can tell by his reaction. No, you didn't get the answer right because there is no answer. They are not putting anybody directly across from Nikki Bella as Divas champion. Do I get to talk about Nikki's commentary? Oh, yeah, you can. <laughs> the first match in the Divas segment... Because segments, she welcomes change and revolution. She's fine with that. I really want to dig into my philosophy of what's going on in the Divas division right now. Ain't nobody, I, ain't nobody stopping you. Okay. Do you remember how, for the past several weeks, they have been touting that Nikki is the longest reigning Divas champion since Paige? Or not since Paige. Since, since AJ, AJ Lee. Lee. Do you know, you know that that's what they've been touting? Don't be confusing. It's since AJ Lee. Yes, I do. You're... You're focused yes, on the wrong point here. Yes, I do. You're focusing on me saying Paige instead of AJ when what you should really be focusing on the perspective of the company right now. So they've been touting that Nikki is the longest reigning champion since AJ Lee. She has, I'd say, two months until she breaks that. I don't know because I don't know how many days. I don't know. Maybe we should look it up. What they have done is in order to get it to the point that Nikki Bella becomes the longest reigning Divas champion so that that can erase AJ Lee from WWE is they have interjected this entire NXT women's takeover thing so that it can last for months and months so that eventually Nikki can just become the longest reigning Divas champion. You're shaking your head no, but that's not giving any audible perspective because to anyone Because I'm trying listening. to let you make your point. Have you made it? Yes, I've made that point. I'm being respectful to you. I've made that point. What is your thought? <sighs> My thoughts, plural, are that you're probably right, and that's just... Very disturbing to me. <laughs> and by doing it in this way, you're preventing Nikki Bella from being completely booed out of the building. Because once WWE makes it aware that Nikki Bella has surpassed AJ Lee's record, whatever audience they're in is going to go apeshit because wanna, of how popular AJ was. I just want to cry when I think about this. There's a reason she was pop so popular. There is, and it's everything that Nikki Bella is not. Exactly. I 100% agree with that. So it's that's just, what they're doing. It just makes me nauseous, but I, you're right. That's exactly what they're doing. It's not like this company doesn't bury fucking people 
or try to erase people from history, which we'll get into later as well. Yeah. I also have thoughts about that. I, I have a feeling that they're going to end up... John has opinion about everything. I have a feeling that they're going to end up pushing a End black guy, a black guy super strong here soon. What? I have a theory that they're going to start pushing a black guy super strong soon. Because of all the Hulk Hogan mess. Maybe they will. To show that they they are so PC about everything, probably. Well, that was the first... As soon as they fired Hulk Hogan... They made an announcement that we fire we uh we have con- we have terminated the contract. So of Hulk you're Hogan. predicting that they're basically going to do this three on three between all of the uh, teams. Three on three on three. Which they're going to put- I call them. I have names for all of them. It's nine chicks. So you have all con- You have like at least a hundred possible combinations to yeah. throw in here. So just Nikki Bella and Girl they're, Girl X from the other eight. They're sidetracking. They're wagging the dog is what they're doing. They're sidetracking everybody's thoughts away from how long Nikki has been champion. And they'll still mention it every Raw. And they're just all they're doing now is Biden time. They're like, oh shit, we can we can throw everything at the wall that we feel like it. What they'll do is they'll have one of the commentators one time briefly mention. That she's, you know, how long she's been the reigning champion and how she's getting closer to the record. But then they're going to they're distract what, you with other stuff. But they're not going to. They're not going to tout that record anymore because as soon as she breaks the record, the crowd's going to go ape shit. I think they'll still do it every Raw. I don't think that they didn't do it this past Raw. Yeah, they did. No, Nikki said that she's been the reigning longest champion, blah, blah, blah. But they didn't push it. Nikki brought it up, but they didn't push it. They're not going to push. I'm telling you right now, they're not going to push it because they know as soon if they start to push it and Nikki is not full blown heel, it's not going to work, and they're going to the crowd's going to shit on Nikki. We will see. I think they're still going to mention it one time on every Raw. I don't think so. You might be right. We'll see. So the first match was Brie versus Charlotte, mm-hmm. which was stemming directly off of Battleground, mm-hmm. but it has nothing to do with Nikki. No. Because you're not putting anybody directly in Nikki's path. Not because the I Because the idea is not for Nikki to have a feud. It's for time to elapse. Mm-hmm. Are you disinterested? No, I'm checking my notes. Keep okay. going. You're doing great. And during, that, during this particular match, you had Team Black. I mean, Bad. On commentary, you had Tamina, who said nothing except for, like, grunts. You had Naomi, who is not very good on the mic. And you had Sasha Banks. What was your opinion of Miss Sasha Banks's commentary? I don't know. You, He's doing this on purpose because he knows we're going to disagree. My opinion... Well, you know my opinion about Sasha Cohen Banks anyway. Which is... I'm not fond of her. Why? And I'm not basing that off of... Um, You're basing that off of the fact that she is Snoop Dogg's cousin and has a weird alien look to her. No, I forgot that. I just don't like her overall package. I don't get the appeal. I, 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 John and I are sorely going to disagree on this. So I, I thought out of every woman on commentary this episode of Raw, Sasha Banks... 
came across looking like a star because she did not stammer or stutter or fuck up her lines. She had an attitude, which she's supposed to, of shut the fuck up, all that matters is what I say, which is her gimmick. She's the quote-unquote boss, and she nailed her gimmick to AT on commentary here. Naomi tried, and Naomi is supposed to be the leader of this group, but completely failed because Sasha Banks, out of those three girls, is more of the complete diva package than Tamina the man or Naomi the Uso. Mm-hmm. What you have here with this angle is you have a trio of standard WWE cookie cutter chicks, which is the Bre- the Bellas. You have a trio of NXT real women's wrestlers, which is Paige, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte. And then you have Team Hodgepodge, which is Team Bad, B-A-D, whatever. I don't know if you're supposed to... It's beautiful and dangerous. I don't know if you're supposed to spell it out or just call it Team Bad. I know it's beautiful and dangerous. You're supposed to call it Team Bad. But that team is a hodgepodge of both. You have... Naomi and Tamina, who are products of the current of the I don't want to call it current since they're trying to mix and match now or trying to do something here. Uh, but it's the up till now women's division and Sasha Banks, who was brought up the same way as Paige, Becky Lynch and Charlotte. So and they're the ones that are being booked as the heels. The faces are Paige, Becky Lynch and Charlotte. And the Bellas are in between. Mm-hmm. The Bellas being in between is guaranteeing that they're going to be the successful team out of this. Because it's Vince McMahon. And Vince doesn't like the fact that his idea is being shit on by his own daughter. Mm-hmm. Do you disagree with this? No, I don't disagree. The Bellas are essentially cockroaches. And they're going to last once this whole idea of the Divas Revolution explodes. They're going to be the only ones left standing because Vince isn't going to want real women's wrestling or whatever. Because Vince sees it as a failure. Because Vince doesn't want to dedicate They've time. They've been cockroaches thus far. so Vince doesn't want to dedicate time to women. He just doesn't. It's like tag teams. Disagree? No. I'd agree. I just... We we just do not share the same opinion. And maybe I'll be wrong, because you are, you know, pretty dead on with all your predictions. I just feel like... <laughs> I don't want to say what I feel like with her. I agree that she nailed um, her persona and her gimmick to a T, but I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like, this is my personal opinion, Kevin Owens, bit by bit, is able to transition easily and blossom as he goes through. If they would let him, he could do more. But I just feel like she's going to fizzle out real quick because it's just, because I see her gimmick as perfect for NXT, but I don't think it's WWE worthy. Why not? 
it's basically I'm I'm top dog. I'm queen bitch. Bow down. How does that not work on the main stage? She just she just comes out and I just it just screams NXT to me that she it should be a rung below. It's just it's just it doesn't fit in with the whole rest of what all the other divas already doing on there, I guess. So what are the other divas doing that's any different than what Sasha Banks is doing? I don't know. I just feel like she... I don't know. I just feel like she doesn't belong in the W... <laughs> I'm going to get banned. I feel like she needs to stay in NXT and rule NXT. That's my opinion. Okay. I'm trying to think of a better way to do a juxtaposition here. She's the NXT Women's Champion. I think she belongs there. And has done a damn good job in NXT. And I don't think you can, even you can deny it whether no, or not you like heel, her. No, she's a good heel, but I just don't... Compare that to what Nikki Bella is. Who belongs in WWE more? Well, there's a couple ways you can twist that. It depends on what you consider a WWE diva to technically be, I guess. Yes. If you base it on, I guess you have to consider gimmick, looks, skill, and all of that. What is Nikki Bella's gimmick? Bella. That's that's <laughs> all I can categorize if, it as. Okay. Bella. If her name wasn't Bella, how would you cla- how would you qualify her gimmick? How would you say her gimmick is? What would you say her gimmick is? Looks. But looks can't be a gimmick. Look at me. It is. That's the only thing she's got going for her because she's shitty on the mic. Yeah, as she proved during that she's other got match. fake body parts. She can't really wrestle that well. So who is better? Sasha Banks or Nikki Just Bella? because Sasha Banks has more skill, it doesn't mean that I think she belongs in WWE. But you... Oh, my gosh. Okay. I. It doesn't make any Sasha sense Sasha Cohen Banks has thus far demonstrated more skill. Which means she is more worthy of her spot than Nikki Bella is. That's bottom line what I'm trying to get at. Nikki Bella has nothing going for her. I don't... I only get the Abella's appeal because they're decent looking. That's really the only thing I... Well, we'll have another opportunity to continue this discussion. Uh, So then there was another Diva segment on the show, which was... um, Ugh. Becky Lynch um, with Paige versus uh, Sasha Cohen Banks and Naomi. This match died a death because of the commentary. It was not because of the match. Because the match, if you watch the match with the commentary on mute, the match was good. Yeah. The commentary by the Bellas was fucking awful. Mm. It was a lot of, as you would say, rabble. It was not just rabble. It was robotic. And uh, everything they do is robotic. And everything is spoon-fed to them from Vince. And stiff and not natural and How can they have been in know. WWE this long and still be so lame at being on the mic? Because, Explain that to me. Because all they have ever done is benefit from being what Vince imagines a diva to be. First of all, divas are not a thing. In wrestling, divas are not a thing. They just took a brand and slapped it on their women's division 
and said, that's what we're going to call women's wrestling. Divas. It makes us unique. It's WWE-ized. There is better women's wrestling. What did they call it before Divas? It was just the women's division. It was uh, the when champion. When did they was start calling it Divas? Sunny. Sunny was the quote unquote original diva. So I'm looking for time frame here. So ever since Sunny, do you remember Sunny in WWE? Yes, but that I can't recall a time frame. Though. Like early nineties, early to mid nineties. Ever since Sunny. But I don't remember them saying been diva a whole di- lot. Then. Oh no, they've said divas since They've made Divas a thing since Sable. Yeah, that's true. But Sunny was the quote-unquote original Diva. The problem is, is WWE now is at a crossroads where Divas ain't working. Is that, Div- is that why there's a revolution? Divas are piss break. That's what Divas mean. When you're at a live event and a Divas match comes on, it's... Okay, I'm gonna go buy myself a I'm gonna go buy myself a beer and nachos, and by the time I get back, that shit should be out of the ring. That's what divas is. What they're doing now is Stephanie is saying, "Hey, Dad, it's the year 2015. Divas ain't working. Ronda Rousey is the biggest draw in UFC. Why don't we look about making women's wrestling a thing again?" Mm-hmm. And Vince is probably like, "Well, goddamn it, Steph." I need my tits and ass. He's guy with Bellas, so there you go. So Vince is Vince is out of touch as it pertains specifically to divas, because in Vince's mind, divas is tits and ass, pretty girls in the ring who are barely passable putting on a match. Well, you know what? I'm doing pretty good with some of those ladies then. If but, that's the goal. But Steph has seen what's going on in NXT, and that. Women are not only a big part of the show, but are one of the better parts of the show in NXT. That's true. It's just fucked up. It's very messed up way of looking at things. And they're trying to do this reboot thing. And it's not working out because Vince doesn't care. I'm off my pedestal about it. Okay, are we moving to the next belt? I guess, because you don't seem interested in this discussion. We're just going to be talking about Divas more later. Well, this week, WWE decided to make my life easier, and they combined two belts into one program. <laughs> are you talking about the, as I say, USA belt and heavyweight? The Yeah, John Cena came out to do, no, no, I'm wrong. Seth Rollins cut a promo in the ring. Seth Rollins came out First. He was cutting a promo on Brock Lesnar and Undertaker, which he, we'll get into. He went to uh, the authority and said, you know what, since you got all this to worry about with my dear friend, oh, we haven't even discussed that yet, but my dear friend Brock Lesnar, can I go out and address the universe? Can I go and talk to them? And then he sure came out and addressed the universe. Oh, he did for about 20 minutes too <laughs> fucking long. <laughs> um, so the story is that Seth Rollins defended the belt at Battleground. Seth Rollins walked allegedly. He walked out of the. He walked out of Battleground is still the champion, because Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. He is still the champion. 
Undertaker, regardless of what happened during Battleground. Undertaker came out and attacked Brock Lesnar, which saved Seth Rollins' ass. So Seth Rollins goes out to the ring and cuts this long diatribe about being the best in the biz. Mm, I guess. It was long. It was super long. And then he said something. I don't even remember what words he said. But then all of a sudden, John Cena brapadoos out there. Oh, I, I, you're missing my favorite part. My very favorite part. Okay, well, go ahead and say it. Hold on. I got to <laughs> make sure I say everything the right way. It's it's here. Oh, this is my favorite part. This is going to lead to one of my other segments later. My favorite part about <laughs> the Seth Rollins diatribe is um, towards the end before John Cena comes out. What he does is he uh, asks, he says, he asks Lillian to come in the ring. And she's like shocked. She's like, what's going on? Why do I need to come in the ring? And (laughs) she wanted him to basically make sure that everyone knew that he was still the world heavyweight champion. He, you know, retaining his title it was yeah that while he it was wow he wanted everyone to know that while he lost he didn't lose the title and it was thanks to undertaker's disruption that was specifically what it was but it was like wow he wanted she had to go out there and announce and then he went through all this rigmarole it was it was it was a, a, a glorious heel moment I will say, to say the least. So then John Cena brapadoos out there. And then, you know, Seth Rollins gives him his props. He says, hey, champ to champ. I'm done with my spiel. Would you like to take the mic and say something? That wasn't really him giving him his props. That was just him saying, oh, you want to do your open challenge thing, so I'll shut up. No, he actually did give him, like, one line of props. And said champ on champ. He did say that. I didn't get that, but I didn't I get that it was. Twice. But I didn't get out of that that he was giving Cena his props. He wasn't because, really. He was because just going Cena, through. The, he was just going through the motions. On because that. when Cena comes out, he says, "Oh no, I'm not doing my open challenge yet, buddy. This is what I'm doing here. I'm the U.S. champ, and I have done my part to make this shitty belt before I had it into a good belt. I have earned this belt. And what you have done with that belt, but no, you didn't earn your belt, is not do a damn thing." So why don't I take your belt and make your belt into what I made the U.S. belt? And Seth Rollins is like, "Oh no, you didn't!" And he, then they Cena basically said, "You didn't. You forth. didn't earn your belt." Unlike me, who is the people's champ. So either we're getting a unification, or Cena's going to hold both belts like Jay Lethal. So that'll be something. They're going to pull an ROH. So yeah, there's that too. So that's probably where we're going for SummerSlam. Now, other shit. Since all of that bullcrap is done. <sighs> Bray and Roman is still a thing. The Wyatts Apparently are back together. So. The Wyatts are back together except for Eric Rowan who is injured. Yeah, two of them are together. And the Shield is back together except for Seth Rollins. So it's like two-thirds, basically. It's the two th- I've been calling it the two-thirds Shield. Two-thirds, <laughs> two-thirds. Uh, and then we got uh, Lana and Rusev shit. Where Rusev is now doing something. Where oh, would you like to talk about how Summer Rae came out dressed just like Lana? Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to say. Go Rusev, ahead. Rusev is dressing Summer Rae just like Lana. 
And he said that she looked beautiful and blah, blah, blah. But Lana sure didn't. And then he said, oh, bitch, you look haggard. You look you go, tired. Why don't you go why take you a go break? Catch some Z's. Because <laughs> I got the new and improved you. And then Summer Rae slapped the shit out of Lana. And then later on during Rusev's match, Lana goes and gets her vengeance on Summer Rae. Oh, boy. And we see more Lana underwear. More spectacle. But the big part of Raw, and this was a bulk of Raw, I think this was about an hour, give or take, out of the entire broadcast, was the beginning of the show, Undertaker comes out, and he grunts, and then he says, Cuts a promo. I'm back, bitches, and he wipes his shoulders clean, and he says, I'm tired of Brock Lesnar talking shit about ending the streak, even though Brock Lesnar never talks. Every opportunity. It's always Paul Heyman. Every day they talk about the streak. Is what but said. I don't care about the fact that my brother's ankle was shattered last week. I'm not even going to bring that up, which he didn't, which in my opinion was a better segue into this than just being pissy about your streak being broken. Do you disagree or agree with that? Kane, um, I didn't really think about it until you brought it up. Kane is his kayfabe brother. Yes. Brock Lesnar destroyed Kane last week. Destroyed yes, his ankle. Yes, that I know. Would that not have been a more logical point to jump in with? I didn't think about it till till now, but I I think that it would have been wise for him to have at least mentioned it. Because he could he could have at least said it in passing. He could say, "I'm mainly pissed off at the fact that you guys brag about ending the streak, but then you had to go and bust up my brother too. What the fuck?" Are you going to talk about the the brawls? So then later on in the show, Heyman comes out and cuts a promo selling Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker for SummerSlam. Why wouldn't I mention it? That's what he said. And then Undertaker comes out and he's like, fat man, I'm going to kill you. And then all of a sudden you hear Brock Lesnar's music and then awesomeness ensues for about a half an hour. Oh, but you know what? You skipped something. I didn't skip anything. You skipped something. Let me mention what you glossed over. (laughs) Yeah, I'm painting with wide brushes here. The... Authority called a meeting. Oh, this and was such at dumb this me- shit. But it's still part of Raw. It was, hey. At this meeting. Hey, Legion of Jobbers, go prevent my SummerSlam match from occurring early. Because your job depends on these two men not fighting today. Jobbers, your job depends on this. Exactly. But here's the thing about that, okay? Wrestlers typically get paid out of the gate of the show. And... Pay-per-views. They don't get network buy money, as far as I know. But Trips and Steph are saying, basically, your jobs depend on it. Like, okay, we need to make sure that the building sells out. The building's already been sold out. Their jobs don't depend on anything. The money's already there. Well, you know what? They were just yanking their chain. So... When they're in the ring, they weren't just yanking their chain. It was them not. It was just them treating their audience like dummies. Yeah, I know. And that's what I. That's one of the things I hate about WWE. They act like people. Like they act like as many adults don't watch the show as kids. Like a kid isn't going to think that the building's already sold out. A kid is just going to be like, "Oh shit." Yes, I know. Because a kid can't put those two things together. Mm -hmm. But an an adult can process a critical thought. Like, isn't this already sold out? Let me Google this shit. That's what I do. 
I Google everything. <laughs> so that was raw. Oh, oh no. Yeah, I said a half an hour of Brock and, and Taker back and forth was awesome. Watch it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to sit here and do it any justice. Like, like okay, they were in the ring. The, like, Brock comes out in it and attacks Taker. They bring out security. Security eats it. They bring out the job squad. The job squad can't keep Lesnar back. Then they can't keep Undertaker back. Then they manage to get him separated. They cut to commercial. The next segment, they're backstage. This time, Undertaker breaks free and attacks Brock. And the job squad has to keep them apart from each other again. Then they finally get him separated. The security comes out. And R-Truth finally manages to calm Brock down. Our truth of all people is the sense of reason. And then they go ahead and zip tie Brock. And Brock says, don't touch me. Don't touch me. He says, don't touch me like 15 times before the security finally stopped touching him. The shaved gorilla. I wouldn't be touching him to begin with. Have you anything to add? (laughs) Well, I was just going to say everything you said, but you said it for me. Our truth was the voice of reason in the WWE universe. I think you. I think you wish you could touch Brock Lesnar because you love him. I don't love him. He's just awesome. Mm-hmm. He's the best thing going today. He's the Ric Flair of this generation. Oh my! Wow, strong words. You strong ready for words. a break now? I suppose I am. All right, we're gonna go for a break, and we'll be back with parts unknown.
I'm back. Are you? Are you back in black? Are you back? I just said I was back. Well, I hope you guys liked Brie mode. <sighs> Thank God that shit's over. <laughs> Jen and I uh, mutually agreed on that to kind of represent ev- um, all of the wrestling topics we were discussing, but still, whoo! Representing. Still glad that's over. Oh, I'm lost. Where I'm lost. I'm <laughs> You're lost. Fearless leader. How can I'm you be lost. lost? Oh shit. I'm lost. <laughs> all right, this is the segment we call Parts Unknown. Where we run across all the other wrestling uh in the known that universe. That is not WWE. Let me just say this. There mm-hmm. was one redemption of watching SmackDown, apart from it being a complete waste of time. Was Damian Sandow there? No. Was uh, Bo Dallas there? No. Whoa. <laughs> None of my people were there, were they? Cesaro went against Seth Rollins in a hell of a match. Oh, man. It was a good match, but um, uh, Rollins ended up winning. I was I was on the edge of my seat the whole time because I was like, if Cesaro wins, he might just get a shot at the belt because he won against the world heavyweight champion even though it was non-title. Yeah. But it didn't happen. The story of the match basically was that Cesaro was a badass. Because he is. And, but Seth Rollins, while he's a coward, like a cowardly heel, he's also a complete slime ball. Oh, he is. And he ended up winning when... I want to interject with something. Have you noticed that every time Paul Heyman does his spiel about Seth Rollins, Mm -hmm. I mean, he comes up with like at least... Eight different adjectives that all mean sleaze, sleazeball. It's his job. But this is where my point is. Since he's done that, I've seen other people piggyback off of that, including John Cena. I just think that's interesting because they kind of use the same like sleazy type adjectives. It's because that's because Paul Heyman is the shit. So that is why gonna, everybody's going to bite his style. They're biting bits of it. All right, so I'm going to start off with the most useless show to watch. Impact. No, not this week. The most useless show this week, in my opinion. NXT? Uh, no. SmackDown? Ring, Ring of Honor was the most useless oh, show this wow. week. But I'll tell you why. There was only one new match on it. The rest of it, it was a recap show. It was their 200th episode. So basically, it was just all recap packages. Except for the last match. Now, the last match was very good. It was the Truth Commission, which was the two jobber guys, Jay Lethal and Truth Martini, against the Briscoes, uh, ODB, and and uh, Roderick Strong. Okay. Now, that match was good. It was worth the watch, but I had to sit through 40 minutes of other shit that I was disinterested in because it was uh, like... One of the things they showed was the Ascension went in the... Or not the Ascension. The Addiction. The Ascension has risen the to the WWE. The Addiction winning the tag team titles. Which would have been more interesting if they hadn't already shown it a couple of weeks ago. They already showed it a couple of weeks ago. Okay. I think I remember that. And then they showed a thing where uh, Steve, before Steve Carino had come in as a commentator, he came in and did an angle with Kevin Owens, who at the time was Kevin Steen, which is his real name. 
mm-hmm. in Ring of Honor. So they threw that on there too. So when he moved to NXT, he changed. They changed him to Owens. That's what WWE does. I'm I'm asking for confirmation. That's what WWE does. Yes, they changed his name. Yes, is all I needed. They changed his name because every time you go to WWE from elsewhere, they change your name unless you're CM Punk or Samoa Joe. Mm. What my bet, name would be? I bet once Joe goes up to the main roster, they change his name. He'll be. He'll be Samoan Joseph. I don't know what he's going to be. He'll be Joe Anoye or Anoe like every other Samoan apparently is. Well, they might just call him Joe, kind of like, you know, how Cesaro used to be. And then they just, they just put him down to one name. They'll be like, hey, Joe. They won't even, they won't even call him <laughs> Joe. They'll call him Joseph. They'll say, Joseph, what's up? Yeah. So, so they say you're Samoan. Okay. And then, uh, so that was basically that. That was basically all of Ring of Honor. Wow. The next most useless show is TNA. Oh, so I was second, right? Holy fuck. Where to even begin with this show? There's nothing close to compelling on TNA. On Impact. There's nothing close to compelling. Like anything that resembles a storyline, at least one of the people, you're going to say, who? So is Jabber City? Here's an example. Eli Drake turned on Drew Galloway for being an attention whore. Mm. Do you know who Drew Galloway is? No. Used to be Drew McIntyre in WWE. Oh. Do you know who Eli Drake is? No. No, and I don't blame you for not knowing. Okay. Okay, then Taryn Terrell, who lost the knockouts title to Brooke... Last week, mm-hmm. came out and had a confrontation in the cage, quote unquote. What? It was a confrontation in the cage. They had the match inside a cage? No, it was a confrontation. It was not a match. Where she and the rest of the dollhouse went out to a cage and demanded Brooke to come out to the cage. Did Brooke come out? She came out and she went into the cage and Taryn threw a fit about losing the belt. Then the lights go out and the little production package happens. And Gail Kim suddenly magically appears in the ring. Oh, well, that's slightly interesting. So apparently now in WWE or in TNA, this is what we have. Velvet Sky is Stone Cold Steve Austin. And Gail Kim is now Undertaker in TNA. <laughs> okay. I'm so feeling you. That's what the knockouts division is in TNA currently. Okay. So what happened was Taryn Terrell got outside of the cage before Gail Kim teleported into the ring. Because Taryn Terrell was going to attack Brooke or whatever. I guess. I don't fucking know. Or no. Well, there was definitely going to be a confrontation. This is, this is my confusion over what happened is completely a byproduct over TNA. Because you can't make sense of it. It's fucking bullshit. It's not how you book wrestling. It's nonsense. It's TNA nonsense is what they should rename the show. No? Total nonsense Nonsense action. (laughs) That's perfect. See? (sighs) I got you covered. So Taryn went out of the cage to let the dollhouse beat up Brooke. Then the teleportation happens and Gail Kim kills the the, uh, dollhouse. Okay, what was the purpose of Gail Kim being there? 
because Taryn Terrell and Gail Kim have been feuding since Ter- since Taryn Terrell basically came back to TNA. Okay. Because the whole basis of that feud is that Taryn Terrell wants to bang Gail Kim's husband. Wow. Okay. Essentially, that's what it is. Hmm. Then, and this this is what you're going to find humorous. You remember how last week we talked about Hernandez's bullshit? And how he was the whole Hernandez ordeal, yes. He can't be two places at once. Exactly. Well, TNA have had to cut everything involving Hernandez out of their future broadcasts. And it must be a very large chunk of shit because they decided to air the main event from their pay-per-view, which happened several weeks ago. So they're replaying shit from a pay-per-view from a couple weeks ago. This is the second week in a row that they've done it. This week, they replay the King of the Mountain match from Slammiversary. Do you know what a King of the Mountain match is? Of course I don't. (laughs) You know what a ladder match is? Yes. What's the purpose of a ladder match? Your quick, brief understanding of it. Using ladders. <laughs> to do cool stuff. How do you, you need a ladder for money in the bank to get the briefcase. How do you win a ladder match? I don't, I don't know. How do you, you climb win? the ladder. Yeah, and then you drop another ladder on somebody. Because there's usually two ladders. Stop. How do you win a money in the bank ladder match? Which is the same thing that I'm trying to say. You climb to the top of the ladder. You climb and you grab something. Yeah. Right? And then you win. Because you possess it. I'm from Ireland because my name is Seamus. Because you possess it. Yeah. So once once it's in your possession, you win. That's what I just said. King of the Mountain match is a reverse ladder match. You had to wait at the bottom for somebody to drop something? No. It's a reverse ladder match. You're at the top of the ladder, so you have to fall down? Instead of possessing the belt, you're giving the belt away. You put the belt at the top of the ladder? Does that make sense to you? It sounds dumb as shit to me. Does it sound like it makes any logical sense, though? No. Instead of possessing something and saying, this is mine, you're hanging something Does up. everybody have a belt and they're all trying to hang no. something up there? Here's the comedy of this. They all have a scarf, and whoever hangs their scarf on the hook wins. Essentially, except for the scarf, ex- except for the scarf is a belt. Are you serious? I just made that shit up. They have one belt that they called. It was for a long time the TNA Television Championship. Oh, so it's like here's the funny thing the about of honor. here's the funny thing about the Television Championship. Before that, it was called the. Do all the guys have a belt, or just no? Just, just one let, belt. Let me fi- let me get give you this background, because you're so confused because it's TNA. TNA used to have a belt. When Booker T, Scott Steiner, I think it was Sting, Kevin Nash, and Samoa Joe were together as a stable. They were called the Main Event Mafia. Booker T had a belt made that he called the Legends Championship. The Legends Championship was basically an old guy belt where only legends could fight for it. Supposed legends. It was basically a comedy championship. 
It was basically Booker T saying, we're old and we're, we know we're old. So I have an old people belt. Eventually, they christened that title the Global Championship. I don't see where. They just renamed it. They just renamed it. Then, not only did they rename it again, they decided that there were going to be special. It was supposed to be defended on every episode of Impact. Comedy of Errors, they defended it on the next edition of Impact and never defended it again on Impact. And that's when they called it the Television Championship. How does this relate to the King so, of the Mountain? King of the Mountain match is supposed you're supposed to hang a belt. But the World Championship match was not happening at Slammiversary. So they needed a belt to hang. Instead of doing the logical thing and making it an X Division King of the Ladder match, they took this old belt that has had three different names and gave it a fourth name, the King of the Mountain Championship. Now, you would think that they would be bright enough if they're going to do this to have a whole new belt made, right? If you're introducing people a, are dumb. If you're introducing a new championship, it should be a new belt, right? Why do you care about the belt? It's a... Di- it, I'm saying what what would compel them to want this belt? They needed something they needed something for this match. Why would you want to be king of the mountain? Because it's supposed to be an accomplishment. It should have been for the world championship is what it should have been. I don't I don't need to be queen of the mountain. I'm good. But it's supposed to be a victory. It's supposed to be a big deal. Supposed they needed they needed a belt, so they brought this old belt out of retirement. And the Legends Championship TV Championship. I feel like we're spending a lot when this. I have to because it's so complicated. They took the belt, and instead of taking the plates off, they put a sticker on it. Instead of taking the belts off and changed it and putting it on a new strap, they just spray painted the old strap black because it was originally red. And when you watch the match, it's so distracting because whenever the plates move slightly, you see red underneath. Wow, that's super bobo. This is TNA. Wow. Now the rules that's of the, the match. That's the most bobo crap as, I've ever heard in my life. As if the fact that you have to... I don't want a spray painted belt. I want an original belt. As if the fact that you have to hang the belt up wasn't enough to be bullshit. You have five guys in the ring. In order to be eligible to hang the belt, you have to get a pinfall or submission against someone. So you get a pinfall, and then you can go get the belt and try and hang it up. The guy that you pin has to spend two minutes in a penalty box. I can't follow this. This is dumb. This is TNA. The end. The end. This is TNA. And they replayed this bullshit on Impact. It wasn't bad enough just one time. So... Two of the guys in the King of the Mountain match were Bobby Roode and Fat Hardy. Mm-hmm. Who are in the main event of this fucking episode of Impact. Oh, wow. So, I have to watch these two fucking losers twice. Mm, I'm so glad I don't have to watch Impact. Ugh. You might not have to watch it much longer either. Thank God. Um, Anything and else? Now, 
Fat Hardy is the number one contender for EC3. Oh, are you serious? Trouble, 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 trouble. Oh, you took my trouble away. Yeah, Fat Hardy. And Fat Hardy looks fatter than ever. Because you know how I feel about the Hardy. And he's losing hair, too. Wow. He's starting to look like Baron Corbin. <laughs> uh, okay. T- TNA was also, or not TNA, NXT was also a fairly missable episode. Okay, so we're moving on to NXT. Uh, um, Is anybody there? Yeah, I mean, there was stuff, but it was like nothing important happened. You had Finn Balor come out in a suit, mm-hmm. and he cut a promo early in the show. Mm-hmm. And that resulted in a contract signing, which was every contract signing you've ever seen. Yeah. It starts off, they sign the contract, and then it breaks down into a brawl at the end. Yeah. So that's how they closed the show. What happened in the middle after Finn Balor? Um, we got Eva Marie made her NXT debut. Okay. Eva Marie is going to be a focal point after Nikki Bella... Because after Nikki Bella breaks AJ's record, I'm telling you now, Eva Marie is going to be the focus of the division. That's why they're sending her down to NXT is to give her an NXT rub. Yeah, you already said that. She wrestled against Cassie, who was trained by Lance Storm. Mm-hmm. The last time I saw Eva Marie wrestle, she was very bad. This time I watched her, she was not very good. She was better. There was a lot of posturing and a lot of posing and a lot of trying to get a reaction. She was putting in the effort and she appears to be putting in the effort. She's still very bad in the ring. She's still very bad, but she is not as bad as she was. And if she continues to put the work in, WWE might be onto something and it might might be successful ultimately if the idea is that Eva Marie is going to carry the division in the future. It's be- if if anything, if she even gets a little bit as good as Becky Lynch, Charlotte, or Sasha Banks, then it's a success in my opinion because it'll be ten times better than Nikki Nikki Bella. Shaking your head is not audible. I'm making sure I'm not breaking anything. Are you bored? No. I th- that's a yes, no. No. Samoa Joe and Baron Corbin destroyed jobbers, which they do. The Villains did the same. Bailey came back and went against Emma, who <gasps> broke her hand. Is, is Bailey feeling better? She wrestled Emma okay. and won. Okay. And then said, I want to go against the best. So, Charlotte, I want to face you. Okay. And then Charlotte got a backstage vignette and said, I want to go against Bailey, but first I want to go against Dana Brooke. Okay. That was it. It was a show. Well, at least Bailey's back. Yeah. That's important to me. Yeah. Her hand's in a cast still. Lucha Underground. He's got a face. Do you want to talk about Lucha Underground? Because you're giving me a a look that says that you're like done. (laughs) What? What are you 
talking about? <laughs> Go ahead and talk about Lucha Underground. We start in Dario Cueto's office. Dun, 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 dun. And he has a medallion. I, I never knew that it was going to happen that way. And he because talks, he still has one medallion? He's talking one medallion. to a large black man in his office. And he, it's Big Rick it's or not. Big Rick. And we get a lot R- of... Y C K. We get a lot of puns about B-I-G. Big Rick's eyes. <laughs> Why is it? <laughs> Dario says we're not seeing eye to eye, and then he says something about Big Rick's sight, and it was like, wow, these are bad. And basically, and Big Rick like, said we can see eye to eye if um, you give me more money and. Dario is basically like, you're one of the first dudes I signed to a big money contract. Do you want money or power? And then Big Rick took the medallion and said, bitch, I can have both. And then... Uh, because I'm Big Rick! And then Dario gave Big Rick a big stack of money, too. And he still had one left. Didn't I just say that? It's all about the money! Johnny Mundo won against Tejano. It's all about the Benjamins. Um, in a, one of the funniest moments on the show... You know, Vampiro is saying shit like every broadcast, and it's not beeped out. It's just him saying shit. Mm-hmm. Vampiro says, Johnny Mundo's a pretty boy who works out in the gym all the time, but Dejano is a shit kicker. <laughs> and I laughed. I thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. No? You don't think it's funny? I'm laughing on the inside. Tejano won by dis- disqualification because the crew attacked him. <gasps> the crew. Uh, Hernandez was in Dario's office. Dario, because he only works for Lucha Underground. Dario, Dario was pouring himself some. And, and Dario said, you can't have any money because you need to go back to TNA. Well, Dario... Um, Did he give him any Benjamins? Dario was pouring alcohol into a glass. And then he hands Hernandez a Miller Lite. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. So he was drinking like Johnny Walker and he was like giving him a Miller <laughs> no, Lite. He wasn't drinking like Johnny Walker. He was drinking like the expensive shit. He was drinking the, the what's what's the best Johnny Walker? Is it Black Label? No, he was drinking like, um, like uh, what's this brand of scotch that's like pure scotch. It's not the uh, blended scotch. Like he was drinking like malt scotch, like full on malt scotch that's not blended whiskey. Okay. I'm trying to think of a brand, and I can't. He was drinking think. the real deal. He was drinking like Jamesons instead of like fucking old granddads. <laughs> old granddads. <laughs> and he he tells Hernandez like Hernandez is running his mouth, and he tells Hernandez, "What I got for you is a match against Drago, and what we're gonna do is it's gonna be a match that I'm inventing right now. We're gonna put." several members of the audience around the ring and they're going to have leather straps and we're going to call it the believers backstrap back the believers backlash match okay so basically it's a lumberjack match and the lumberjacks have straps wow so whoever gets thrown out of the ring is going to get their asses whipped and hernandez says they better not whip me because then i'll draw blood 
So Hernandez is threatening quote-unquote audience members. You know they're not going to be real audience members. They're going to be guys from like the local indies. Well, he only works for one company now, so he's got to look out for his best interests. He works for zero companies now. (laughs) Then we get Cage versus the Mac. And... Just oh, like Cage, so, Cage was there, huh? Just like the match where last week, Sexy Star got the win real quick. Uh huh. The Mac got a win over Cage real quick. And Brian Alvarez liked that. He th- said that Lucha was teaching everyone a lesson. No, he didn't say all that. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. He said that just goes to prove that not this week he didn't. People say it. need to be paying attention. Yes, but he didn't say that this week. He still said it, regardless of whether he said it this week or last week. He still said it. So then um, Mac and Cage fought after that because Cage was pissy that he got beat so beat so bad. And uh, Dario comes out and stops him. And he. I'm going to explain the medallions. So we're getting an explanation as to why the medallions are important. Go ahead. And he says, I'm going to do it right now. And he brings out this belt. And it's a belt with seven plates. And each plate has a circular divot in the middle. For the medallion. For each medallion. He calls out all the people that have medallions. So they all come out with their medallions, including Big Rick, who just stole who just grabbed his medallion. So what happens is Dario says. You need to put your medallions in the belt in order to do... Does a rainbow come out of the belt when all of the medallions are put in it? So then Dario says what this Does is... Does a unicorn come out of the belt with a shiny horn? This is the horn? gift of the God's Championship. Everybody needs to put their medallion in it to be able to compete for this belt. So they come out and the medallions are magnetic. As is the belt is counter-magnetic. So they put the medallion close to the plate and it sticks right inside. And they put, like they did like special effects in post... Rainbows? In post-production. They put like a ka-chunk so that it sounded like it was actually like special. It was cheesy, but it was awesome. Basically what this... Gift of the Gods Championship match is what this Gift of the Gods Championship is, is whoever wins it gets a shot at the Lucha Underground Championship. Out of those seven people. But if you wait to, you have to give a week's notice so that Dario Cueto can promote the match. That was his storyline thing, which is smart. He basically was like, no, this is not money in the bank where you can just cash it in whenever. You have to give me time to book the match, to promote it. Mm-hmm. And if you wait too long, you can be challenged for the championship. Okay. And if you win the belt, the medallion competition starts from scratch. But he didn't explain the medallions? They represent the seven Aztec tribes. That's already been explained. Okay. So you're at basically, if you win the medallion, you're a representative of that tribe. Okay. Does that not make sense? No. Were you looking for something deeper? Yeah. 
Like what? I don't know. It's still way deeper than all of the other wrestling we've talked about. Yes, and it makes logical sense. Because it's kind of historical. So then what? Um, so then he says, Phoenix won the championship first, or won the medallion first. He won the very first medallion. But Mil Muertes killed him. So no Phoenix. We got an extra medallion. It's time for a battle royal. But we're going to make this battle royal special. It's a battle royal until there's two competitors left, and then it's a regular match. Which is, in essence, what an old-school battle royal was. It was over the top until the last two dudes, and then it was pin or submission. Mm-hmm. And then, after he makes that announcement, Phoenix comes out. Keep going. And Dario says, oh, guess what? I know you won the first medallion, but you're late. So you can be, you can have a chance in the battle royal, but I'm not just giving you the medallion. Because yeah. Dario is awesome. Mm-hmm. So guess who wins the battle royal? Phoenix. Phoenix. <sighs> and then we get a Prince Puma, Puma and promo. Then, and then, Ricochet. And guess who does not speak? Uh, Prince Puma, because Mil Muertes comes out, and they have a fight, and Prince Puma looks like he's going to keep the title at Lucha at Ultima Lucha, which means since he got the better, since he got the better of it in WWE speaking, whoever gets the better of the fight before the championship match is the loser usually. So if this is WWE, guess who's winning? Mil Muertes. Mil Muertes. Your boy. So that's what it looks like. And also. He shares love with you and Pentagon Jr. And also the guys said it was announced. It was announced that while we were supposed to have another week of Lucha Underground, we're getting Ultima Lucha early. So next week is basically the first hour oh no. of Ultima Lucha. That's bad. The week after is two hours of season finale Ultima Lucha. Mm. Which means we are two weeks away from potentially the mm. end of Lucha Underground. Wow. I'm not real happy with that. None of us are. That's bad news. Bad news bears there. So that was Lucha Underground. Do you want to know what the final card is for Ultima Lucha? Why don't you go ahead and tell me? I'm asking if you want to know, because if you don't want to know, I won't go over it. Go right ahead. We're getting Cage versus Mac in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Keep going. What's your expectations? I'm looking for feedback here. I don't want just don't like care. a one-man podcast. Don't care about them. Alberto versus Johnny Mundo. Alberto. We're getting a seven-way match for the first ever King of the Gods championship. I don't know who I want to win because I can't remember who's there. Uh, it is Phoenix. It is Big Rick. It is Aerostar. Sexy Star. It is... <laughs> and... Hold on. And... Sexy on. Star. And Aerostar. And Big Rick. And Phoenix. And question mark. 
Well, maybe I won't know. Hold on. The heat is on. I can find it in my old notes. Can you? I can. I don't know. I can. I promise. I only know four out of seven. Uh, Davari. No, Bengala one. Bengala. Uh, that's a correction from last week. That's Bengala the, one. That's the tiger guy. So Bengala, sexy star. King Cuerno. And then the other guys that I just listed. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really care too much about any of them. Well, the winner gets the this new championship. What do you mean you don't? You haven't been watching. That's the only reason why you don't care. I do care. I just don't care about any of those people. Tejano is going against Blue Demon. Do Blue Demon El Ijo de Blue Demon. Mm-hmm. The trios championship match. Yeah, I care about the trios. But you don't care about anything else. No, I care about everything else. You don't care about Alberto Mundo. You don't care about. I just the said King I want Alberto to win. You don't care about uh, Cage and Mac. That I don't care about. You don't care about Tejano Blue Demon. I want you Tejano to win. There we go. You don't care about King of the Gods. King Cuerno. There you go. Uh, Hernandez versus Drago in the Believer's Backlash. Mm, I guess Hernandez. Pentagon went against Vampiro. Mm, I'm going to vote. Or is going. I'm saying I'm going to vote tense. for your, your boy, Pentagon Jr. And then... Um, Prince Puma versus Mil Mortis. Who do you think I want to win in that? You want Puma to win because Ricochet. Is that what you think? Yes. I'm hot. I'm dying. So that that's my wrestling. So now you can talk about New Japan. I'm hot. Yes, so I'm turning on a fan because I'm dying. Dying. I turned the air. I I'm turned the air down. On. Oh my gosh. He just likes to be sweaty apparently Talk Japan please I excuse me I'm getting ready to do that Mr. Bossy Bossy Pants it's finally my turn to take my turn on the mic so what I watched on Access was uh, the continuation of the 2014 G1 Climax uh, it was uh, August 3rd 2014 and the three matches that I watched were here we go. The first one, Katsuyori Shibata. As you already know, I'm probably saying this wrong. Against our good friend, Mr. Headbutt Honma. Uh, it just <laughs> it was an interesting match. I actually was a little bit um impressed because Shibata is just so strong. He just really demonstrates the strong style. And Homa really did some damage to him. It took a lot longer than expected for Homa to, like, break him down. But eventually at the end, uh, our boy Shibata takes him out with a uh, good old CM Punk uh, GTS. You might be interested to know that Homa started in a Japanese organization, I believe, called DDT, which is a ECW-style hardcore promotion. Okay, I can kind of see some of that representative in his wrestling style. I believe that's where he got his start. I gave this a three Rainmaker match. Three Rainmakers oh, for this. back to this. We're not, we never got away from it. The second match, I will once again try to say, Yujiro Takahashi. Takahashi. Mr. Pretty Boy Bullet Club. 
against my boy, Gazushka Okada, the Rainmaker. Uh-huh. And Takahashi's same old, same old. He's just in the entire New Japan pro wrestling circuit. Not the most skilled wrestler. Uh, Okada, I mean, he, in my opinion, and this isn't just because I love him, basically. He does such a good job of building up weaker, in my opinion, weaker wrestlers to make them look like they're more skilled. Um, Also, I will have you know that Okada had purple hair. Streaks of purple in his hair. All of those who care, which is me and other people. That's great. And, of course, he uh, Okada wins with the Rainmaker at the end. Uh, I gave this two Rainmakers. Wow, we're about Rainmakered out two. here. Wow, your boy only got two. Your, the, the innovator of the Rainmaker only got two Rainmakers. Rainmaker, Rainmaker? Yes. Rainmaker? The, the match was two. S- who who did he go against? Fale? <laughs> That's a very good guess. Yujiro Takahashi. Uh, Takahashi ain't that great. Kakakaka, Mr. Pretty Boy. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen much out of Takahashi that and impresses me. And I don't me. think you're going to. Match three would interest you because it is... Uh, ta- Tomohiro Ishii <laughs> versus Shinsuke Nakamura. No, that happened last week. Son of Beach. And you already... That's your ultimate match already happened. Hiroshi was, Tanahashi. Oh, okay. Tanahashi versus Guitar. Naito. Against your boy, Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, my God. I give this 17 Rainmakers. It was an excellent match. And of course. I've seen I've seen them wrestle several times. Japanese John Cena. It's Japanese John Cena versus Japanese Rock. Mm-hmm. 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 Is this, I don't know what number of matches this is where I've seen them both wrestle against each other. But it's just, it's so nice because they just, every time you can tell they're veteran wrestlers because the quality of the match is really good. The most interesting thing that I really saw, because Tanahashi had uh, hurt his neck at this point pretty badly in the G1, and I, I listened to all the commentary. They do a lot of commentary mm-hmm. pre and post. Um, and Tanahashi has some really good commentary. He um, actually ended up winning at the end. Uh, Tanahashi did with the Japanese leg roll clutch, which I've never seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and he told me, which I'm saying this so John can explain it to me, that he decided to end with that match for two reasons. He decided to end with that move for two reasons. One... Because he was trying to mix things up a little bit and use things that he had done about 10 years ago due to the fact his neck was injured. Two, he wanted to honor the anniversary of the death of Carl Gotch. Who was Carl Gotch? Carl Gotch was a big deal over in Japan. He was... um, God damn, it's hard to explain. He was an innovator in the strong style over in Japan. Okay. I believe, I'm probably totally wrong, but I believe he feuded with Ricky Dozan. Ricky Dozan is essentially the big, the the Hulk Hogan of Japanese wrestling. Okay. If you think about him that way. Good old Hulkster. 
this got four stars, which is very, very high ranking on my Rainmaker scale. Four? Four Rainmakers. Five is the highest, and there's never been a match that's gotten five thus far. Then you wouldn't like Dave Meltzer, who gives five-star matches. There have been a few. We don't have to be on, you know, we don't have to agree with everything. All right. You have the next show, too. Do I? What's my next segment? Tough, tough Enough. Oh, okay. Let's move it on to Tough Enough, which Let's. is the hardest hour For of my week. For the love of God. So, on this episode of Tough Enough. Oh, I should be butting in, too, because I watched Tough Enough this week. Oh, my gosh. You also, butted anyway. I also watched Tough Talk, so I will give you some input on Tough Talk as well. Looking forward to it. No, you're not. <laughs> so, our guest... Um, on Tough Enough this week was The Big Show. Let me start off by saying one of the failures of this show is the way that it is put together. Because it is put together with live live segment, then segment of the reality show, then live segment into commercial, then it's live not, segment. And it's not very seamless either. It's, it's very not. choppy, don't you think? That's one of the reasons why I hated watching this. Like, they, they bring him out, and Chris Jericho's saying stuff, and then he's introducing the judges at that time. And then they go to all of the, uh, I guess, competitors competing in an obstacle course. I don't even have this written down in my notes, but I just remember. And then everybody bragging about how they're going to win and blah, 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 blah. And uh, the two winners are Tanner, who is kind of just like, I don't know. Uh, there's two guys. One's Tanner. There's another guy that's just like Tanner. They're just big, beefed up white dudes that are just there. They don't really seem to have, in my opinion, a lot of charisma or a lot of skill. This Tanner guy's just, he's a beast at winning things. So he won the men's obstacle course. And Gigi, who I think is from Australia... Uh, I think she's a Brit, actually. No, I have her written down as from Australia. Have you? Okay, has that been confirmed though? Yeah, because it it was a caption underneath her name, because her real name's Georgia, but they call her Gigi. For short, I'm yeah. sure. So, but um, one thing that was kind of a big focus in this entire episode was being having humility. That well, that um, was the that was essentially the concept behind the episode. They were they're supposed to be learning new things as it pertains to wrestling yes. week to week. This week's lesson was humility. So uh, they had Natalia come, and I'm well. I'm a fan of Natalia anyway. You know she's got good breeding going on there, and she came out. And to my opinion, I don't know what John's opinion is going to be. She kind of addressed everyone, and I feel that she gave some genuine good advice about if you want to be a star, you got to make sacrifices and you need to have humility because sometimes things aren't going to go to your, go your way. A lot she of it said, is public perception. She said too. a lot of times. Yeah, that's true. They're, there's they're celebrities. And in order to not be an asshole celebrity and to represent WWE, which is, it is, even though it's a, even though it's a worked sport, it is a sporting type deal. And kids look up to these people. Yeah, I know. But what I was what I was meaning is, even though I already know that they have this image to uphold, I felt like Natalia actually had was there was something genuine there, and then Lita kind of as always um, was backing her up. I feel like Lita's the like 
the pin that holds everything together in the show, honestly. Um, because <laughs> all the other people lose it, and Lita's always the one. Uh, I wouldn't say she's Paula Abdul, because she does, I mean, give advice. She's not just there to be female, She's, but she's the one that kind of keeps everybody in line, keeps everybody calm. Are you talking about Paige? No, I'm talking about Lita. I know who I'm talking about. Paula Abdul wasn't a, a mentor, though, on the show. Paula Abdul was a judge. You're talking about Paula Abdul was a judge? Yes. No, I'm talking about Lena. The reference I'm trying to make as Paula Abdul was kind of there for not really any reason. She was kind of just there to kind of take up space. But the the coaches are not in in that type of a role to be... uh, They're not. In order to give it more of a... It it would be more like uh, when... American Idol was having the mentors on there and Britney Spears being a mentor to a girl that can really sing. Yep. That was more of what you were looking for with that. That's metaphor. more of what I'm looking for. Moving on. So, um, okay. I'm trying to figure out how to, to do this. There was a lot of the guys talking to each other and a lot of them were talking to our good friend, Patrick, who was a dick and was trying to, Talked to, and you've only seen one episode. I can give you a summation of each only person that seen was that was one left episode. This I've put up with a few episodes now of our friend Patrick. I bet he was a dick the whole and time. And ZZ, as you already know, not one of my faves because dude is not eloquent. He's gonna win. You can stand by your opinion. He's gonna win out he's, of sheer popularity. He's, he's the most popular guy on the show. It's a fact. Fine. He's not very good. He's and I'm not, not good at anything. And I'm not. And I'm not. I'm not saying that he is very good. He's not. He was in the bottom three, which people, the fans, vote for that. There's do they a, not? There's a reason why he was in the bottom three. It is a reality show. WWE already has the people that they want to win picked out. The only thing that throws a wrench in the works is the live vote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They want ZZ to win. Hogan's picks, Hogan's picks specifically make no sense from what I've heard about the show. Hogan has picked a different person week to week to week to week. Yeah. Daniel Bryan's picks are valid because they're the ones that go home. For the most part, except for this week. Yeah, it's true. And Paige has been gunning for Sarah Lee. But there's a reason for that. Because sympathy votes. Mm-hmm. Same thing with ZZ. They put him in the bottom three to guarantee his victory, basically. That's fine. That's, I don't really care. I'm just saying my opinion. Okay. Well, you can give your opinion on what I'm saying. I'm trying to give my opinion now. Please, please to proceed. Um, even though ZZ's the most popular, um, I don't like him at all. I don't think he has any skills. Do you see what I was... any department. Do you see what I was saying? He has no mic skills. He couldn't even finish the obstacle course. He is the flabbiest guy out there. He's just, he's got nothing. If they say he has charisma, I don't see it. Maybe he does, and I just missed it. But anyway, he was trying to be a good friend to Patrick and telling him to stop being so cocky all the time. ZZ was? Yes. Okay. So, um, basically, 
I guess we can go to the bottom three now. Uh, I'm trying to remember who they were. It was ZZ, um, Patrick, and I can't. I, I don't. I don't remember who the third one was. I think it was one of the girls. Uh, what's your what's your what's your opinion on the ladies in Tough Enough? What do you think about the girls in Tough Enough? Sarah is going to win, and I'm going to tell you why. Because out of the what is it four girls that are left, out of the four girls, she's the best looking. Number one, in my opinion, she's the best looking out of the four. No, that's everyone's opinion. She actually wants to win. She actually is interested in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And the only she's she's the one with probably the most likable personality out of all four of the girls. Okay. Who do you think has the most likable personality then? I don't like any of the girls. Chelsea is a geek. She sucks. She busted her ankle because she's not athletic. She yeah, sucks. She's in trouble, 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 trouble. Gigi is a wretched wench. I have a C word written down for her that I don't want to. I've already said one word that I shouldn't have said, so I'm not going to say this one either. But she sucks. I don't like her. She's a witch. And she ain't that great looking. She was supposedly a bikini model. No, she's not very good looking. She must have been. Well, Amanda's not good looking. She must either. have been photographed from the neck down. The blonde Because her one, face is a mess. The blonde one's not that good The blonde looking is better looking than Gigi. She is, but not by much. Amanda is what Vince wants. Yeah, probably. Pretty face and a bikini model. That's what Vince wants. Because as far as Vince is concerned, the wrestling is an afterthought. It's the look first, and then if we can make them passable, then we're okay. Because they're not a focal point anyway. They're a piss break. Mm-hmm. You want my breakdown of the guys? May as well. Go ahead. Do you want it or not? Well, you've already Because I, wa- I watched the show. I've got some input. You've always got input. Go ahead, break down the guys. Mata is a geek. He's he's just a puffed up, roided up dude. Mm-hmm. His personality sucks, which is evident maybe not by this show, but by Tough Talk, where Miz told him, cut a promo on me. And the motherfucker couldn't cut a promo. None of them can cut promos. Miz said, Miz was like, dude, when I wasn't in WWE, I was cutting promos everywhere. I was cutting them in the shower, in the mirror, to the dude next to me in the car. I still do it to this day. If you could watch Tough Talk, Miz is a superstar. WWE does not know what it's missing with the Miz. Because Tough Talk is a better show than Tough Enough. Well, I, I don't doubt that. It's a half an hour and... It's they have the whole panel of guys, including the loser from Tough Enough, and Miz talks to all of them. The judges butt in, and Paige was passionate because Paige was up out of her seat and was yelling at Miz about this, that, or the other. It was great. It was everything that this fucking shitty reality game show isn't. I don't doubt it. This pa- show sucks. Paige is. That's what I've been saying every week. Tough Enough is terrible. Paige is the highlight of Tough Enough, in my opinion. I love Paige. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan's the highlight. I disagree. Why? 
This is a this is a podcast where we're supposed Daniel to be Daniel Bryan is himself. He's okay, but Paige is the highlight of it. Why is Paige the highlight to you? Because she's just she's got a good personality. And she's just I mean, Daniel Bryan has a nice personality. And I I mean I love Daniel Bryan, but I just don't feel I just I mean Paige is a lot more interesting. Why? You're not giving me any answer. You're just saying she's more interesting and has personality. These people are supposed to be vying for a contract with WWE. They I think need criticism. She tries to motivate them much more and she tries to disagree. You've only seen one episode. That's all I need to see. Because I've also seen Total Divas. Mm Mm-hmm. Paige on the show, it's every reality game show is set up like American Idol where it's a three judge panel basically and you have your Randy you have your Paula and you have your Simon Paige is Simon where Paige is overly brutal at times and has a difficulty controlling her emotions part of that is because she's young she's younger than 25 years old if I'm not mistaken I think she's 22. Hulk Hogan is Paula Abdul. Because all he cares is the paycheck that he was getting and is no longer receiving. But we're going to get into that in a minute. Daniel Bryan is the Randy. Except for he doesn't suck as bad as Randy. Because what Daniel Bryan has to say is all accurate. What Daniel Bryan is telling them is stuff that will benefit them. Paige doesn't know what's going to benefit these people. Because she is a diva. She is not a male wrestler. Specifically for this episode, Paige's input is null and void. Because she is already stamped with WWE diva. So she plays by those rules. Because that's what Vince has done. Vince has divas in a category that don't matter. Tag teams in a category that don't matter. Male superstars is the only category that matters in WWE. Daniel Bryan is telling these guys things that will benefit them. Now, if next week is a segment that focuses on the girls, I'll get, I'm going to give it a shot to see where Paige's input benefits. But specifically as it pertains to this episode, Paige, anything Paige had to say doesn't fucking matter. Okay. That's it. Okay. I disagree. Why? Like I, I said, think the podcast. input that she provides to... is good. Even though she's young. And I like that she has a passion and she makes the show less dull. Okay. I will focus more on what Daniel Bryan says next week to see if I can make the correlation to what you're saying. With the input that he provides, the, the contestants and whatnot. Long and the short of it, um, Patrick is gone. It pretty much seems like everybody wanted him gone. Uh, I know that when he was leaving, they asked him who he wanted to win, and he said ZZ. Yep. Uh, he see, he said, what you see on camera is different than what I really feel, and he really felt that ZZ could go all the way. That was Patrick's reality show edit, was that he was an asshole. So they took all the asshole parts and they edited it into the show so that he looked like an asshole. 
Yeah. That's what that was. They definitely did do that. I think if ZZ don't win it based on sheer popularity, that Tanner's going to win it. Because Tanner, out of all the guys, are the most talented. Yeah, Tanner's definitely got the strength and all of that. Um, I think, like... Josh is too bland. Yeah, Josh is definitely much blander. And doesn't present a personality. He's so bland that I didn't remember his name. Remember I I said Tanner and the other guy? Well, he was the last guy I wrote down because I didn't know his name, and I had to wait for them to actually show his name. Yeah, he's very blah. And I put who... Question mark, and then I just put daddy because he talked to his kid. Yeah, the episode. only that's the only thing I remember about him talking to his daughter, I believe, or something. That was it. Why are you frustrated? Because you have a frustrated. I'm look not on your frustrated. Face. I'm tired. This is a lot of talking. I told you it was going to be. I know, but that doesn't mentally or physically prepare me. Whilst after we've been doing it for you two still hours, you have your own segment left. I don't really have a segment. Yeah, you do. What you have old versus new, and you have your five. Best things of I couldn't the week. Come, I couldn't come up with five this week. Tried, but nope. Okay. I want to talk for a minute about Total Divas. We're going to do all that right now? Total Divas. Okay. If tough enough. Uh, I'm not going to give a big, long thing. Okay. I'm going to give a, sm- a, a light thing here. Okay. Tough enough is WWE's answer to American Idol. Okay. Total Divas is their answer to shows like Real Housewives. Yeah. It is not as negative as Real Housewives is. Okay. It is a much more uplifting show. And I actually enjoyed watching it. Not because the Divas are hot or whatever, but because it actually, there was something to it. It wasn't like tough enough. Where all the reality show stuff, like, who cares? In terms of tough enough, who cares? They could present it with a little opening by Jericho and then show the reality show and then the last 15 minutes of tough enough could be where the judges are asking the guys questions, getting answers, and rebuffing against each other. In my opinion, that would make tough enough an easier watch. I think virtually everything. Anything else would make it an easier watch than what it is. The current format's pretty bad. Here was the storyline of this week's Total Divas. It's each girl has their own little storyline, basically. And this week, it was WrestleMania week. So it was a big big deal for all the divas. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Eva Marie and Nikki Bella don't like each other. Yeah, that's pretty well known. Because Eva Marie apparently posted some shit on on Instagram that the girls didn't like. Yeah. That already knew from the commercial. They tried to squash that beef, and it didn't work. Brie Bella, in between supporting her sister and telling her sister how shitty Eva Marie is, she wants babies. So this week, she and Daniel Bryan get tested for fertility. And after this week, I know more about Daniel Bryan's balls than I ever wanted to know. He is apparently fertile. She is apparently fertile. They can go out and screw and make babies, which I guess is what they're trying to do. Okay. You are completely disinterested. I because can tell I thought you were going to break down all face the face <laughs> and the tone in your voice. I'm going to, after I finish this, 
brief paragraph. Okay. Paige fulfills her dream by wrestling at WrestleMania. And they actually showed AJ Lee on camera like four times. Well, that's the highlight. Natalia inducts Alundra Blaze, who is better known as Medusa, into the Hall of Fame. She has they try to cut her speech apart and she has a she has a meltdown because she put her passion into the speech, but they don't like her speech. And her dad forgot his tie, so she has to get her dad a tie. So we get to see Jim the Anvil Neidhart in this episode also. Naomi is in the episode for no reason other than she's the black chick. Probably, but, well, I guess not. But I was going to say because she's on Team Bad, maybe. She's part of the show. I mean, that's the only that's the only reason why she was on it, in my opinion. Now, I'm looking for my character breakdown. And I'm not finding it. Well, um, next week I'm going to be doing Tough Enough and Total Divas. John's just giving give me a little uh, background, laying the foundation so I can prepare myself for what I'm going to be watching next week. Son of a bitch. Wrap my, wrap my brain around Total Divas. Well, if you can't find it, then just do it fr- the best you can from your memory. Or just add some something else extra that was interesting about Total Divas. You know what? It might be on this part here. If you can't find it, it you can't find it. We can always do breakdown next week. It's all good. Here it is. I found it. All right, so this is the cast, and this is going to give you some perspective as you start to watch this show. Okay, I'm ready. Eva Marie is the new girl to the WWE, and she is the outcast of all the divas. Nikki is a wretched dummy and is John Cena's quote-unquote ex, even though in real life they're still together. Brie is the wretched dummy's bitch sister. She's the wife of Daniel Bryan. There are times where Brie looks better than Nikki. Yeah. In terms of who she is. Uh-huh. I'm not talking looks. I'm talking personality. That's what I thought you were talking about. Character is what you mean. She comes across better sometimes, and sometimes she comes across way worse. I think they probably do that on purpose, don't you? To try to keep it more exciting in the show? It has no bearing on the excitement in the show. I know, but don't you think they do that? Edit-wise on purpose? They make it to try and get some entertainment value into the show, yes. Okay. Keep going. But it just makes Brie look like a bad person because she's like, I'm awesome. Like, she's awesome one minute and then she's a complete bitch the next. Go ahead. Natalia is the only decent person on the show. The only decent person. Like, she should have a show just her. Okay. And it would be watchable because she's likable. She's not terrible looking. Her personality is a good personality. Well, that's what I she's was alluding not, to with Tough Enough. She's not a wretched bitch, and she, but she's also not, like, naive or stupid. Like, she knows stuff. Uh-huh. You need to talk more into your mic. I can't hear you. Naomi is the token black and is Jimmy Uso's wife. She's the only black chick on the show that I've seen. And Paige is the young girl who is just trying to compete in this man's world. I guess. I don't know. It's fucking... I don't even know why Paige is on the show. Okay. Because she really didn't add much. 
Was she on there a lot? She was on there more than I cared to see her. To be honest, I would have rather I would have rather seen more out of Natalia and more out of um the Eva Marie and Nikki Bella thing. Okay. Well, maybe next week when I watch it, there will be more expanded on that. In my opinion, this show was made in order to get Nikki Bella over because she can't get over any other way. She is the linchpin of the show. Yeah. And you know what? That's what I assumed. Because when you see the previews for it and whatnot, that's kind that's kind it's of what they Nikki. are pushing there. So, And... The thing is, is that if you have to create something for her to get over, then she's not over. Yeah, that there's a lot of truth to that. And the best superstars are organically over superstars. That's true. Nikki, the sees most herself, memorable superstars. Nikki are. sees herself as the the female John Cena. And if that's the case, I feel bad for John Cena. Yeah, really. And the women, for that matter. You want a break. You have that look in your face. You look like you don't even want to continue on this podcast. That's not true. That's exactly how you look. That's not true. No, that's totally true. That's totally true. <laughs> Are we taking a break? I guess.
My mic's back on. Mine too. All right, this is your segment. Okay, so uh, the next segment that we're going to be doing is our... Uh, do we, we call it old versus new, don't we? That's what you had been calling it, yes. Okay. So uh, I've decided, because I've been doing a little bit of uh, new here lately, I decided to do an old. And uh, it, Hold on, i got to shift my brain into gear. And it was um, inspired by a diva, because this person's related to one of the divas. All right. Go ahead. And I hope I say it the right way. The person that I chose was Jimmy Schnooka. Jimmy Superfly Schnooka. That's who I chose. Oh, son of a bitch. I was trying. I try. I try to kind of keep it lively here and, and throw monkey wrenches at you. Well, Jimmy Schnooka is known for his high flying abilities, and he's also a Samoa. A Samoan, I mean. Well, not really Samoan. He's a Fijian. I don't know how you would say that. Yeah, he's Fe- Fe- Fijian. Um, it might be Fijian. I don't know. Um, uh, who would I put against him? That's a good question. Uh, I wouldn't go Samoan versus Samoan. I wouldn't do that because it would be easy just to put him against uh, the Uso that's able to go. But the problem is, is that high flying back then is not high flying as it is today. I didn't mean to stump you. It's not going to stump me. I'm, I'll come up with somebody. <laughs> is it, ha, Have all of these been a surprise so far to you? No. Have any of them uh, been a surprise for you? Yeah, some of them. 50-50? Snook is a surprise. He gives off-the-wall promos. Maybe I would just stick him up against Roman Reigns to see what sticks. Because... Roman has some exciting kind of high impact moves like Snooka. So I guess I would just put him against Roman Reigns and see what happened. Okay. Uh that, of, that's not who I expected you to pick, but I can kind of see why you you chose that. Well, Snooka is known for that superfly splash, which was a high flying move. Like I said, high flying back then is not high flying now. Because what you would get now is like, you were probably expecting me to say Neville. Because Neville is the high flyer, the guy that gravity forgot or whatever. But he would be too flippy floppy and splishy splashy for to melt with Snooko. I was, I guess I would probably say I would lean more towards Neville. But um, I, I honestly didn't know who you were going to pick. I was intrigued to see who you would pick. Um, Roman Reigns is a little bit surprised, but like I was saying earlier, I, I can kind of see where you're getting that correlation from. Well, you got that. I can kind of, I, I know why you made that choice is what I'm saying. You got that spear and that spear could be used in a, in a sense of taking the body out so that Snooka couldn't get that superfly splash off. So it would be a pure psychology move. Okay. And then you've also got, uh, if Snooka does get that superfly splash out, you've also got that Superman punch, which would be impressive if he didn't pump his goddamn forearm every time. 
That's the dumbest shit ever. It does. It makes him seem stupider when he does it. It's really. It really. It detracts from the entire move. And he gets booed every time he does it. It makes him. I think it makes him look like an idiot. It it totally does. He looks like an idiot regardless because of the way they booked him. Yeah, I know. It's stupid shit with Bray Wyatt. What the fuck? It's dumb. And they're booking him now. Like, they were booking him as a Superman, having him do the John Cena thing where he goes over everybody. Now they have the completely opposite of, the completely opposite perspective of booking him. And they're trying to book him as the guy who always loses, so you feel bad for him. Yeah, I see that happening. That's I, and I And then that's why they have Dean Ambrose come around, I guess. But. I guess booking him to lose just makes him look like a loser. I don't understand the logic. Why is Dean? What? What's this friendship thing? Shield. Do you think they're having the shield come back or shield, what? They were shield buddies that were pissed away by Seth Rollins. I still don't understand the purpose of Dean Ambrose with him all the time. There's nothing else for Dean to do. Yeah, they got nothing That's else for a him. Sad state of affairs. And Roman more needs, talent wasted. Roman should not have been booked the way he was booked. They were booking him as... I don't think they know what to do with Roman Reigns. I think they saw... Vince saw him. He said, he's my kind of guy. And then they had the shield. And then they were like, well, the shield can't last forever. Let's dismantle these guys. They tried to break the shield up earlier than that. Earlier than So, they did. in your opinion, what do you think they should do with Roman? What would be more appropriate than what they've got going on for him now? Well, let me start by saying the problem with the way Vince did, when Vince saw, when Vince heard the reaction at the Royal Rumble, not this past year, but the year before, when everybody thought Daniel Bryan was coming back out and it was Batista and Roman Reigns as the last two dudes, and the crowd started chanting for Roman Reigns to win, they weren't chanting because Roman was over. They were chanting because they did not want Batista to win. They wanted anything but Batista. Yeah. And when he got eliminated, the crowd was pissed because they wanted Daniel Bryan to beat Batista in the Royal Rumble. They wanted Daniel Bryan to win the Royal Rumble. That, that was year. rough. That's the one we watched. Vince heard the chance for Roman Reigns and said, this guy is over. This is my next guy because John Cena ain't getting any younger. We need another John Cena. Roman Reigns is the next John Cena. After WrestleMania, when they when Vince got it in his head that we we catered to the fans this year and gave them their Daniel Bryan moment, next year I get what I want, and that's Roman Reigns winning the belt. The problem is, is they continued to book Roman Reigns like John fucking Cena. Roman Reigns is not John Cena. Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns. Don't get your next John Cena over. Get your first Roman Reigns over. So, what do you think they should be doing with him? He who, who should, should be a silent badass because he sucks on the mic. So, you don't think he should be by himself? You think maybe he should be with a, in a tag he team? He doesn't need anything. You know what he needs? He needs to come in, fuck shit up, and leave. Not like Brock Lesnar does it. Like Roman Reigns can do it. He needs to come in, Superman punch fuckers, pin them, and be done. I would even dare say Goldberg him. Have him come to the ring, spear a motherfucker, Superman a motherfucker, pin the motherfucker, and say, that's one. Hmm. I never thought about it that way. That's how you book 
Roman Reigns. Don't even make it like the streak thing. Just have him keep count. Or he doesn't even have to keep count. After one, he can just say, give me the next one. Okay. You don't, because you don't want him to say, give me more or whatever, because then Mm. that's impeding on Ryback. But if you keep having him say, don't even have him do who's next, because it's two Goldberg. Yeah. Just have him say, give me my next opponent. Don't have him cut a big, long, elaborate promo. He can't. Give him the mic, and he says, I want he my might, next He match. might want more magic beans if you allow him to cut well, another promo. Well, and that's the problem, is that they've been trying to book him like John Cena, kid, kid-friendly guy, and trying to get him over with the kids first. But he's not. If you could get him over with the adults, the kids will I come think, naturally. I think that the Goldberg thing, that's a really... That's a really good idea. I I would have never in a million years thought about having him be like that, but I think that would definitely fit his personality. Right now, all they're doing is jobbing him out, and they're hurting him. They're hurting him. They're jobbing him. virtually everybody on the entire WWE staff, I feel like, is being jobbed out. As a matter of fact, I would turn, if they really, if they want to keep Roman as he is, they just need to turn him heel. They just need to have him be a dickhead and a douchebag. He, it's it's not working with the whole baby face thing, I'll tell you that. I also am not fond of the Wyatt thing that they've got going on. Yeah. Because they have to bring the Wyatts back together because splitting them up fucked up all three of them. Yeah. It, I don't think it was a wise decision. I think they, it, they thought it was going to go over much better than it did. Wyatt needs a family, but he should not have just gone back to his old family. It should because have he's been. He's a cult leader. It should have been. He should have gotten Bo. Yeah, we've talked about this before, and yeah. I think you're right. I, I, and we've talked about that he's just meant to be a leader, and he's been going for so long with just no one to lead, just randomly trying to take people out. And WWE, alone, it just doesn't work. WWE is on this kick now where there's no baby faces and no heels. Everybody is a shade of gray. That shit don't work in wrestling. I, I would agree. I, I feel like like there's so many times where I'm just like confused. Are you heel? Are you babyface? Like like one episode you're heel, the next episode you maybe babyface. I mean, if, I feel like okay, Seth Rollins, there's a few people that you know, like Seth Rollins, he's a heel. John Cena, still a babyface, but like everybody else is like John like you said, it's like they're like a shade of gray and that to me is just bullshit. You need to be one or the other, and you need to be 100% one or the other, or it's just not interesting. If they're going to do Shades of Grey, what, what's the harm in having Bray get Bo involved in a new family, and then you do a Star Wars thing where they're basically the Sith, Bray takes on a secret apprentice, Bo takes on a secret apprentice. And it's yeah. a struggle for power within the unit. That's like some of our, that's like some of our dream booking going on there. It would make number one. It would be it would make sense, and it would be a hell of a lot more compelling than just saying, "Well, we fucked up when we split you guys up, so we're putting you back together." Yeah. The only thing I've got left here that I'm going to kind of combine together is the my <laughs> John John was, John, as you said, Heather's heat or my highlights. Sorry, my Likerts. Um I'm going to combine the good, bad, and the ugly into, and the good will be like highlights. 
Um, Paul Heyman, I, I'm going to start with good, sorry. Paul Heyman's always good. Yes. I thought the Bray uh, Luke promo was good, even though I'm not behind everything they're saying. The promo was good. The angle sucks. Yes, uh, that's uh, what I 100% agree with. Anytime Bray cuts a promo, it's going to be worth watching, but yeah. the, the bullshit he's involved in is terrible. I agree. That's basically what I'm trying to say, what you just said there. And I, I, I thought this was good. <laughs> I thought it was good with Seth what Seth Rollins had Lillian come up and announce that he was still the the world heavyweight champion. It was it was amusing. I wouldn't put it in the I good thought category. that I thought that it was a well it wasn't bad or ugly so I didn't know where else to put it. Maybe it was, that's a highlight. In his 20 minute I thought it was interesting. The o- almost the only interesting thing he did honestly. In that 20 minute diatribe, yeah, that was probably the the high point of that 20 minute dull promo. Um under bad I had Oof. Nikki Bella on commentary. Uh-uh, yikes, that's ugly. Yikes, that's not even yikes. bad. That's ugly. And also had the whole idea of Summer Rae uh, being the lookalike of Lana she's and all that not, spiel. She's not pretty. That whole spiel was Lana's yikes. debatable. Lana is not my thing, but she's a hell of a lot prettier than Summer Rae. Summer Rae looks a mess. Mm, the ugliest thing that I put on there, which is kind of more humorous, uh, which we didn't mention earlier, uh, is also related to that uh, commentary that was happening that we discussed earlier. Um, Michael Cole <laughs> saying the wrong name. What did he say? <laughs> oh, God. Um, but I just remember that Sasha was all over him about it. I think he called Tamina the wrong name. Okay. It was it was it was hilarious. Well, Sasha jumping on him about it just co- just shows you what I'm saying about Sasha. Okay, I I see your point there. Um, something else I should have thrown into the good that I have as a side note over here, uh, that I was I remember hearing on another podcast. Um, I don't know if you remember this happening, but uh, how like when Becky Lynch made her debut. I guess it's been two weeks now or whatever. She came out and she was just wearing like the gray and black outfit. Mm-hmm. Well, this week she kind of had her original gimmick. She had the goggles and she had the cool coat on. Well, that's not really the original gimmick. That was the last outfit that she had on the one uh, NXT okay. takeover where she. I apologize for saying original. Lightened up her hair. But her more recent gimmick yes. that she was trying yes. on NXT yes. that I thought was kind of cool. Um, she wore that on Raw, so I just, I, I just thought that was good because it, it gives her more of an edge. It gives her more like it makes her stand in, out. In, yes, more individualistic personality. It so, makes her stand out definitely. rather than just coming out the way she did uh, last week. So I is that did we cover everything? I don't know. You tell me. I'm um, double checking my stuff here, and it looks like. We've covered just about everything. Okay. You got anything else for me in terms of fantasy booking? <laughs> if I tell you more fantasy booking now, then we won't have any more fun stuff to talk about next time. That's a lie, and you know that's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie, you know that's a lie. I I didn't like the way that Raw spl- had the split Undertaker-Paul Heyman deal. I thought that was kind of stupid. And what they do you mean by that? It. Like, they could have had Heyman come out while Taker was cutting his promo. They could have had the whole first half hour just be Taker less. So you, th- what you're saying is you think the Paul Heyman and the Undertaker thing was just underwhelming. They could have added more to that. They should have done that in the last. They should have either opened with all of that or closed with all of that. 
So you're saying the placement of it was crap, just where they kind of just willy-nilly threw it in the middle? I understand what they're doing. What they're doing is they're trying to get They the... were trying to build up for the fight. No, they're trying to keep the ratings steady throughout the show. That's why they do okay. this choppy shit where they have and Undertaker... And that's why Paul Heyman wasn't really in the beginning? You have Undertaker open the show and you get a strong rating for the opening of the show because Undertaker's there. Uh-huh. Heyman is in the middle of the show, and that shit happens in the middle of show. So, your rating is basically the same. Hence the word steady. And then, they should have done the fight shit at the ass end of the sh- If that's the theory they're going that's with. That's usually what they do if they're doing the fight. Don't they usually keep that stuff for the end? Typically? Usually. My understanding is that this week's Raw, the first... Two-thirds of the show had a strong rating, and the rating really took a tumble in the third hour. Okay. Because they shot their wad early on. Yeah, I agree, because that fight was over, and everybody else is like, well, what else is there to watch now that they took uh, Brock Lesnar away? They have three hours to fill, plus a 15-minute overrun. They can do better than what they're doing. Oh, that's, that's for sure. They can way do better. I would be opening the show with NXT. And then you just do your regular two-hour Raw. Because two-hour Raws were a hell of a lot easier to watch. Uh, two-hour Raw is... That's what's going to be happening probably here soon Because they're, they're using NXT as a touring brand. If you throw the hour-long NXT show up, you're guaranteed to keep that touring brand running. Because they're trying to use NXT to kill Ring of Honor. That's why they have Liger on the one NXT show coming up that's in the same town in Brooklyn the same night that Ring of Honor is running shows with oh, other New Japan guys. I didn't even make that connection. WWE is trying to kill Ring of Honor now with NXT. That's what WWE does. Mm-hmm. They kill everybody around them so they're the only game in town. And Ring of Honor got a national cable deal and now they're the enemy instead of being a feeder. Because they were the feed. Uh, Seth Rollins was a big deal in Ring of Honor as Tyler Black. He was a Ring of Honor champion. Well, CM Punk, Samoa, like these are all names that were christened in Ring of Honor. Daniel Bryan is Bryan Danielson. Yeah. Which was his real name. Real name, yeah. Like their top star, the guys that have been top stars in WWE made their names in Ring of Honor. And now Ring of Honor has. Violated. Ring of Honor puts out a decent product. Ring of Honor has and violated has whatever WWE whatever WWE viewed as their gentleman's agreement between the two of them. Now it's like WWE is like, okay, fuckers, we're done with you. We're gonna kill you now because you're on cable like we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We never talked about Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Maybe we should save Hulk Hogan for mm. his own special. No. Podcast. What's the point? The news is this week. If we continue to wait, we're never going to address it. Oh, what's my your, gosh. What's your opinion on the Hulk Hogan thing? <sighs> okay. Why don't you explain to me, so I'm crystal clear, about exactly what he did to get shunned, to get basically stricken off everywhere, off of every tablet, off of every internet website, off of every T-shirt. What did he do? Hulk Hogan had a sex tape where he had sex with 
his former friend Bubba the Love Sponge, who is a shock jock radio host out of Florida. He had sex with his wife. Bubba the Love Sponge set it up so it was okay with Bubba. It was okay with Bubba's wife. It was okay with the Hulkster. But apparently Hulk Hogan didn't know he was being videotaped. They videotaped it, and it has since been leaked. And Gawker reported it when when Gawker got a hold of the tape. Hogan is now suing Gawker for millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. That if and if Gawker loses the the lawsuit, Gawker's out of business. There is information in the discovery process pertaining Hulk Hogan and the sex tape where he is basically having pillow talk with the with Bubba's wife and proceeds to go on a racial tirade using the word I used earlier over and over again and even proclaiming himself to be a racist. Okay. He even talks about Brooke sleeping with some rapper's son to benefit her career or some shit. Mm-hmm. And the racial tirade is what has gotten Hogan in hot water. Okay. Gawker, uh, not Gawker, but um, I, I want to say BuzzFeed, but I know it's not BuzzFeed. Um, oh, fuck. One of the big... One of the big gossip websites and National Enquirer have done a complete uh, like investigation or something and have done a report about the incident. And as soon as WWE got word of this racial tirade, WWE severed ties with Hogan and made him disappear overnight, basically. They took all of his merch down. They took him off tough enough. So next week... We're going to have another judge. Yeah. That's not Hulk Hogan. No doubt. And they have basically Chris Benoit him. Not completely because it's, it's Hulk Hogan. So Hogan is like up to a certain point. Hogan and WWE are synonymous. They are. And you can't have one without the other. So you can't make the guy completely disappear. There are a bunch of funny uh, memes and stuff on the internet. Like they have a picture of Andre being body slammed, but they photoshopped Hulk out of the picture. And the caption is, where were you when Andre the giant tripped over the rope? Mm -hmm. And it's Andre like all up in the air being slammed without Hogan there. Mm hmm. So it's provided a lot of funny material on the internet. Yeah, I'm sure. But, and it sucks for Hogan, but this is a guy that was portrayed as the babyface's babyface. And you can't have the ultimate babyface go on racial tirades and there not be something. So you're asking my opinion. What do you mean? What's my opinion? What do you think? My opinion about what? About the whole scenario. The whole, about Hogan being removed from his position. Are you asking me if I'm disappointed in him? If I'm sad that he's removed or what? Any and all of that. Um, I will tell you I'm not shocked. Why? Because he's a 61-year-old man from Florida? No, Um, I'll tell you part of the reason I'm not shocked is uh, I know about his history. I watched all, I believe, three seasons of Hogan's Hogan Knows, Knows Best. Best. 
And okay. there was a lot of turmoil between him and his wife in that. And um, I don't know. She she is a person that's very gold diggerish, and he just I, he's Hulk Hogan. He I think he feels like he is just the man and will always be the man, and can still kind of do whatever he wants. And I've heard he he's had more than one sex tape, hasn't he? No, just the one. Just the one. Okay. I thought I heard about another sex tape a couple years ago, but I'm just, just based on everything I know about Hulk Hogan, I'm just not surprised about the sex tape. I'm really not surprised about the the racial, the whole racial thing either. Why? Even though, I don't know, even though I've never necessarily seen him demonstrate any qualities of being racist, I just, I don't know. I think I'm just not surprised because he's just... I, he seems like he thinks he's invincible and better than everybody else. He always has. And he's just, I'm just not surprised at all. Um, I feel remorse and bad for the hardcore fans because I used to be a huge hardcore fan of Hulk Hogan. And I mean, once you're a fan of his, it's not like you ever un, well, maybe some people now, unbecome a fan of his. You just get older and wiser and you learn more about wrestling as a whole and other wrestlers. But, I mean, I feel sorry for the hardcore fans. I feel sorry for um, everybody because, I mean, for example, even I see young kids. He's Hulk Hogan. He still influences people to this day with what he, you know, who he was and the wrestling that he did, including my son who is not going to understand at all why, you know, he probably, I can't buy him like Hulk Hogan stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know. I just feel like it's just another celebrity going bad. Um, this is a bad, bad illusion, but it's almost like, I guess we can say it, uh, a correlation, what have you. It's almost like Paula Dean. She it's was exactly great, like Paula Dean. great chef. Influenced a lot of people. And Dog the Bounty Hunter went through his... Help, yes. Helped a, helped a lot of people become great cooks. And then look at her now. You know, she made a she made a boo-boo. Just like Hulk Hogan did. So, uh, I, I don't know. I just... I, I guess if you ask me if I thought that it was warranted what they did to him... I would have to agree with what I think your opinion is, which is yes, because he is the ultimate baby face of all baby face of just he's Mr. Baby face of wrestling as a whole. So you can't have Mr. Baby face that represents like, you know, all the all the incarnations of like WWF in its form. You can't have you can't have him putting out sex tapes and going on rants and raves about black people, especially when you're tough enough. And the last person eliminated was Patrick, who was black. But to be fair, in that perspective from the tough enough thing, you did not see any racism from no, you didn't. in that episode. And that's one of the reasons why, that's the first thing, that's why I said to you, we need to talk about this, you know, about tough enough. You know, we need to talk about him as a judge. I mean, and like I said earlier, it's not like I ever saw him even showing any sort of racism before. But, I mean, there's lots of people who, you know, don't show anything but then say things behind closed doors or in what they think is a safe environment. Do you want my opinion? In a brief fashion? 
I'm going to preface by saying Hulk Hogan was my original favorite wrestler. I fell in love with wrestling because of the character of Hulk Hogan. I considered Hulk Hogan to be my favorite for a long, long time until The Rock's rise to fame. And I said, fuck that. I'm all in on The Rock. And this was in his Nation of Domination run. This wasn't even when The Rock was like The Rock Rock. That being said, I now say, knowing, uh, hearing, hearing and reading a lot more of the stories of the way that Hogan conducted himself backstage, I say now that I am a fan of the Hulk Hogan character, but Terry Bollea the man is not a good guy. I would have to agree with that statement. Hogan was the type of guy who would come in, make ha- make ratings hot, ratings would cool off, people would get sick of him, and he would leave. And he would say, when I left, the ratings were in the shitter. And when I came back, they were up. Give me more money. Because this is the effect I have on the ratings. Well, if you weren't getting stagnant, the ratings wouldn't have dipped to begin with. There are logic gaps in what Hogan was doing. Hogan was artificially raising his price. These are the reasons, these are the things, like it's, and there's more of that. Him burying guys and him adding on to the legacy of Scott Hall being an alcoholic. And things like this make it so that I view, I can separate the two from character and real man. And also, we're grown-ups now. When we were kids, we didn't even know that there was anybody but the Hulk Hogan wrestling persona. Because we didn't understand that it exactly. was two different things. Exactly. Hogan, at the time that the sex tape happened, was going through some shit. With his divorce, spending money for, on his daughter's career. That's been happening for s- several years, yes. His son's accident yeah nick he had went through some shit he had you're right he was not in a good place and this is not to make it any better on him because you know you're not justifying what he did but you're just laying the background of of course at that time if somebody was going to tape him and something happened and uh and him be fucked because of it that was the perfect time to do it and it's now come back to bite him on the ass. He may not even necessarily be racist racist, but he is a 61-year-old dude from the South. Florida is the South. The South is racist. Think about Paula Dean. And he comes from a generation that is my dad's generation who say they're not racist, but they have racist thoughts. So... I don't think they can help it. That's just in like their culture and, and personality of how they were raised. It's no justification. It doesn't make it right. Yeah. I'm just it saying. is what it is. Yeah. And in my opinion, it's finally bad karma hitting a dude that's done bad shit at an inopportune time for him. It sucks, but karma's gonna karma's gonna get back to you. Eventually it comes around. What goes around comes around. Okay. 
I know you're tired and you don't want to podcast anymore. So we're going to go ahead and be done. That's not the song I was trying to play. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. And uh, please tu- uh, stay tuned to us next week and all that jazz. Bye. Bye.